0: So we are excited that Swanee's uh, joined us again tonight, and, uh, and uh, let's just pray for Swanee. Swanee, would you come, mate? Let's, let's encourage
1: our brother as he comes. Thank you. It's great to see you again, Swanee. I love Swanee. I love Swanee. And his group is as well. Yeah, it's good to have support. Yes, it is. Yes. uh, We're going to pray, Heavenly Father. We just thank you for Swanny. We thank you for his past blessings, but tonight, look, we look forward to what he has to say to us in this new uh, year. Lord, we we just pray that you will fill him with your love. You will fill him with your grace. You will fill him with the words to say so that we might learn tonight that people will be touched and their lives will be altered forevermore. Lord, we know that you can do it because we've experienced that. And Lord, we just want people to come to know you as their Lord and Savior. And so give grace to Swanny. give the words to him that we might learn and that we might Draw closer to you because we ask it in your name. Amen. 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 Thank you so much. Good
0: evening. It's a lovely welcome as always. Thank you very much. I do love this church. I feel very welcomed and uh, blessed are those who are poor in spirit. Are we poor in spirit? We need to be poor in spirit. And then we'll start seeing the fruits of what that lady was just come up, that young girl come up, and she just started uh, saying. And I just thought, wow, this is good stuff. Yeah. But the, uh, there has to be a really fresh in spirit to be able to do this. And uh, this year, we uh, Pastor Janet gave me a bell and she told me that you was uh, on uh, new seasons, uh, a new year refreshing, and some things in the Bible that will never be new. The Bible says the word of God will never be added to and never be taken away, Uh, but uh, God is always doing something new in us, isn't it? It's a journey, and and he will carry on his works to completion, so there's always something that can be happening in us, and uh, to do that, we've got to be poor in spirit, and we've got to be going his way, not his own way. Many people can come to church on a Sunday morning or a Sunday night or whenever they come, walk straight out that door and go left instead of right. They can go their way instead of his way. And uh, I believe that people who come to church, or should, people who should come to church, are sick and tired of their lives. And they want something new. They want something that's real. That's something that you can stand on. A great foundation that will not move. It will not be shaken. It's uh, something that we can't hear out there. It's something that's a new language that happens as we come to church and we start speaking a new language, hearing a new language, reading a new language. Something starts happening in a supernatural. Or we can be deaf, we can... Do the right things. Say amen in the right places. Uh, <laughs> look spiritual. Like me. I look very <laughs> spiritual, don't I? And... Uh, whew, or, or, or we can just... Go our own way. So in one sense, something is never new. In another sense, something brand spanking new, isn't it? Brand new. And tonight, I uh, I, uh, want to just shoot through through, through a a few things. (laughs) I'm from Loughborough. I can't speak proper. And then I want to encourage us, if we're going to start listening and, uh, sorry, seeing the fruits of this prophecy and this word, what we've been speaking, and what the pastors have been speaking this new year, we've got to come to what I'm going to bring at the end, and that's to evangelize. We've all got to evangelize. We're not all evangelists, but we're all called to evangelize and God knows that. So God equips the church with evangelists to set us on fire. To, so we're not ashamed and there's a boldness about us and a courageousness about us. And we're not ashamed of the gospel because you will be persecuted. Some people will hate you when you share the word of God. And uh, we'll go all through that if I've got time, but... So at first, what sort of New Year's resolution should a Christian make? Now, I've been practicing this word for about five days with my wife, and I keep saying revolution, and Rachel says, don't say revolution, please. I says, they know I'm from Loughborough, so they might give me some grace. So if I actually say the wrong word during my preach, you just in your mind just correct what I'm saying. You'll get used to me. Saul is really used to me by now because I used to get everything wrong there. Uh, but let's get a go, eh? Yeah. Right, the answer is, the practice of making New Year commitments goes back over 3,000 years. There is just something about the start of a new year that gives us the feeling of a fresh start and a new beginning. In reality, there's no difference between the 31st of December... And the first of January, is there really? There's no magical moment happen at twelve o'clock. You know, we know that, you know, it's not uh, all weird and, and and wonderful, you know, you know, some mystery things occur. And the Bible does not speak for or against New Year's resolutions. <laughs> However, if a Christian decides to make one, what kind of New Year's re- resolutions, should we should made it? It's going to get harder for me, isn't it? I'm a glad when I'm off this bit. Common ones are commitments to quit smoking, to stop drinking, to manage your money more wisely, and to spend more time with the family. But far, the most common one, is to lose weight and eat more healthily. These are all good goals. However... 1 Timothy 4 eight says, For physical training as of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promises for both the present life and the life to come. Yeah. So when we're Christians, we don't just think, oh, what's at the end of this journey? We think, "Our journey, we're just passing through. And there's something greater to come, isn't there? Everlasting life. You know, this is something that dogged me for years. Uh, not so much about my death. I weren't bothered if I was alive All dead, really. I was, so, I was very soul-destroying and, you know, pressing that button within me and causing havoc and, and, and uh, you know, breaking the hearts of, of, of people's lives and even breaking my own. But what did dog me and what did fear me was losing my wife, losing the ones who were very close to me. It scared me. Especially, you know, I used to think, well, better to love and lost than never love at all and all that kind of stuff. But I was kidding myself, really. And now, you know, if if, if my wife, my best mate, my best pal, you know, she's my other half. The Bible says we become one flesh. You know, we're that close to each other. Uh, It's going to kill me. But something deep inside me knows she's in eternity. She's with, her, she's with her father, and no one can give me that. No, no man in a pub can promise me that. No drug, no alcohol, nothing can promise me that except the word of God. His, the presence has come upon me, and I'm sure upon you, to get into to know him. <clears throat> the vast majority of New Year's resolutions, even among Christians, are in relation, really, to physical things, and they shouldn't be. This is a challenge to me and it's a challenge to you. They shouldn't be. Many Christians make a promise in the new year to pray more, to read their Bible every day and to attend church more regularly. These are fantastic goals and I'm not knocking them. However, many times these fail just as often as non-spiritual ones. Why? Because there's no power in a new year's resolution. Resolving to start or stop doing a certain activity... That's if drug taking to alcohol to violence to adultery, it goes on and on and on and on and on, the list does, has no value unless we have a proper motivation for stopping or starting that activity. For example, why do you want to read your Bible every day? Is it to honour God and to grow more spiritually? Or is it because it's just something you've been told to do in church on a Sunday? Or you've been told, it's good for you. It's healthy. You shouldn't read your Bible. Read your Bible. (laughs) How many times have I gone, read your Bible on a Thursday night in uh, in, in, in my little group I'm a part of? But it's no good unless there truly is a poor spirit within you and you're hungry, starving for the truth. Wanting to get him know him more. Not just so you can share his word, but live on his word. Start getting his fruits instead of your smelly rotten ones. You know, I've been, you know, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I've walked with God now for 13 years. And am I perfect? No way. Am I still a little rebel sometime? Yes. But I do hold on to his promises. And I do get his results because I go left instead of right. You know, when when I, I, I do get persecuted, and I'm a very well-known man in Loughborough, and I've not left my own town. And I help a uh, lot of lot of uh, drug addicts, and and uh, you know, I go, I take a team out to Africa every year, and I get called some some vile names, and people want to fight me if they see me, especially if they're fueled with alcohol and drink. And uh, and the more I stand on God's promises, and I do it God's way, the more results. I get a good fruit. Why do we want to lose weight? Is it to honour God with our bodies? Or is it for vanity, to honour ourselves? Philippians 4.13 tells us, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And John 15.5 declares, I am the vine and you are the branches. If a a man remains in me and I'm in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, he can do nothing. If God is the center of our new year, it has a chance for success. Depending on your commitment and my commitment to it, if it is God's will for something to be fulfilled, he will enable you. Is it enable? Yeah. Give you the. Yeah, enable you. Uh, for you to fulfill it. So, what sort of new year's resolution should a Christian make? Here are some suggestions. Number one, pray to God for wisdom, James 1.5. Number two, pray for wisdom. Pray for wisdom as to how to fulfill the goals God has given you. Number three, rely on God's strength to help you. Four, find an accountable, sensible adult who will help you and encourage you in teaching you, correcting you. Someone who's, who can be trustworthy, who wants to see the best and the fruits shining through you like city on a hills, and not destroy you. They want you to be able to go out and be the hands and feet of Jesus. And if they come to you in love and correct you and show you that your wisdom has not been, you know, we all do this, I've said a thousand times, my language, monkeys fall out of trees. Everybody makes mistakes. So sometimes I have to come and uh, be approached and someone will say, you is a bit hard-headed then? Or Swanee, you, you, know, you, you know, this keeps occurring and I have to look at myself and not spit my dummy out and shoot off and turn right instead of left and look at myself, you know, and exercise what's going off inside me as much as everybody else. Uh, and number five, don't become discouraged with the occasional failure. Instead allow that to motivate you further. You know, some of the times when I first was a young Christian and I tried to get the taxi driver saved and, and I was I was just talking to everybody and, and some of the sermons, oh my goodness, I can cringe at them now. I uh, I said to the Lord once, Lord, Lord, shall I put some more fire in my sermons? He says, No, put a few more of your sermons in the fire. <laughs> <laughs> and number six don't become proud and vain but give God the glory Psalms 37 5 says commit your ways to the Lord trust in him and he will act commit your ways to the Lord so tonight when we go out that door let's go his way commit our ways to him and he will act upon us. He will act for us. He, you know, Jesus is our, uh, our I don't even know that uh, church language. Uh, he, he sticks up for us. He looks after us. There's a, there's a, there's a word, isn't there? Bert, is it? He's our, uh, yeah, he's our defender. That, that's the word. I just heard that word. That's it. Advocate. And Song are keep telling us now, New wine is made in the pressing and the crushing, isn't it? In the pressing and the crushing. You know, death is hard. Death is painful. When we have to die to pride and and some you know I had a reputation and went back down to no one. Then all of a sudden lads wanted to fight me and I'm backing down. That was more painful and harder for me than to steaming. In that pressing and crushing, God was making new things. He was making new wine. And that's what he wants for all of us. He wants us to be something in this world that can be his ambassadors. So we can go out there and people will see, I want what they want. I've been speaking to a lady who's uh, into witchcraft and uh, 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 lots of stuff for quite a long time now. And I just give her love. I tell her about Jesus often and I give her love. And she's, she, she's uh, what's called, she likes golf. Golf is it golf? And she likes this, uh, she's got these lovely pair of airwear boots. They're brilliant, they're 21 old Docs. And they're all stitched up with uh, roses. And I love them. And I just say to her, hey, why haven't you got your Doc Martens on? You know I like to see them. And anyway, every Christmas time I see, you know, uh, in a shop. And I introduced her to my wife. And as she laughed. As we left, she started getting stirred. And in the end, she said to her daughter, this one bothers me, because there's something in his spirit that I haven't got. And the very next day, she sent her daughter to my shop to buy my book, to find out what was in my spirit that wasn't in her spirit. And that's how God can boast and shine and use us as his vessels, but that only comes in the pressing and the crushing. He has to mold us the way he wants us to be. So, every season is important to God. My times are in your hands, Psalms 31:15 says. They're in his hands, not on. And Psalms 143, verse 8 and 10. If you wake me each morning with the sound of your loving voice. I will go to sleep each night, trusting in you, Lord. Point out the road I must travel. I'm all ears, all eyes before you. Save me from my enemies, God. You're my only hope. Teach me how to live to please you. Because you're my God. Lead me by your blessed spirit, into clear and level ground. That's powerful, isn't it? Yeah. So God, we're saying, yeah. as Christians, when we wake up and we hear his voice, if we can't hear his voice, if we've not been still too long and we don't know the shepherd's voice yet, don't let the devil condemn you. You will start hearing his voice the more you hang around with. Yeah. You know, a good man told me once, the Lord says, you show yourself to him in private and he will show himself through you in public. So the more and more you go to God and be still that he is God, you start hearing his quiet voice and you start notice the Father because he will never condemn you. He was, he's always giving and, 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 and helping and guiding. and He chops, he prunes. But he, uh, he, he, it's just something, if we hear his voice, we will sleep at night trusting in him. And he will then point out the road that we must travel. So we won't be going left because we'll know where he's pointing. He will start showing us a new way. This is a new year to start, start doing things for him. Yeah. Instead of sitting and praying, Lord, give me a new car. We asked for a new car earlier, so excuse me. I'm the one who asked for that. Um, <laughs> But it was only a joke. And someone else asked for an owl, so even, even worse. And someone else asked for a touchscreen computer. But it was only joking. It was all a joke. Don't burn us. It was a joke. But, uh, you know, uh, me and Chris teach a lot of people at Soup Kitchen, the prayers, change your prayers a little bit. Lord, what can I do for you? Rather than, Lord, you do this for me. Make my finances bigger. Make this bigger. Make this bigger. Because he promises, if we build his house, he'll build our own and all. He builds our barn if we build his barn. But if we leave his barn to go to Rex, then it don't work. Anyway, so teach us, Lord, to live for you. People will knock on you. Well, I'm not saying they'll knock on your door. We get people knock on our door. Come past our house and knock on our door strangers knock on our door and ask us for help. We tell them to come in, we pray with them. Sometimes even Rachel will make them sit down. Not make them, but... Well, she threatens them a bit. And she'll cook them a meal. That's worse than threatening them, really. (laughs) I can say that, she's not here. So don't grasp me up. If this is being recorded, I'll... uh, I change it. But listen to this, right? I was sitting in the devotion in with God last yesterday and I was writing new season, new season, new season, just mucking around with my pencil. Then my sister, my lovely sister, she sent me a message and it went like this. Your times and seasons are in my hand. Your times and seasons change according to my plan. I know where you are, and I know where I am taking you. Every season every season, season is important. In every season, you are learning more about me and who you are in me. Don't rush through seasons of life. In the winter, draw near to me and receive my warmth. In the spring, watch how I make everything new for you. And in the summer, the heat will not scorch you. I will protect you. You will not thirst if you drink from my well that never runs dry. In the fall, things are shaken and fall away. But you will not be moved. You have received a kingdom that can never be shaken or moved. As long as you are in me, you will be Immovable like a tree. You are being planted on a firm foundation in me, and through seas, and those seasons change in your life, I never change, and nor will you and your love for me. No matter the changing seasons, your faith in me shall remain if you trust in me. Your spirit shall remain. Your hope in me shall remain unchanging, says the Spirit of the Lord. I thought, wow, Sarah, that is just amazing. As I was just writing on a piece of paper, New Seasons, Sarah sent me that text. And I just thought, God, you just just can't get anywhere. So New Seasons, a new year. I'm just going to share a little bit about tiny little bit about forgiveness then I'm going to encourage you about evangelising there's this lady and uh, Chinese lady and she decides to give her whole life to her husband a whole life to him and this guy goes up to the lady and says "Uh, do you love the piano and she says my husband does ask him the man says I didn't ask her Uh, I didn't ask your husband ask you do you love the piano And her answer were, my husband loves the piano. Why don't you ask him? He then says, do you love the theatre? And with a big smile on her face, she went, my husband loves the theatre. Why don't you ask him? And he says, I'm asking you, do you love the theatre? And with a big smile again, she says, my husband really loves the theatre. More of that story that That wife hadn't lost her faculties. She knew she were a leader. She knew she were a wife. She knew she were married, but she also knew she'd given her life to her husband. In reality, that don't mean no, but what I'm getting at is we've given our lives to the sovereign Lord. We've given our lives to God as I was walking through my journey, going left and not right, I became a very angry man. Some people say I uh, they can understand why I became so angry. I was viciously sexually abused over a thousand times. I'd been uh, caught all over my body, got scars all over it, money you can't see because of my tattoos. Uh, I was uh, beaten and tied up, tortured as a little boy. I went on to become an unruly teenager and then I was abused again at 21 by a doctor who meant to hurt a forriter. In and out of prison. By 26, I was living on the streets with massive issues. How do you forgive? Well, when I became a Christian, I realized the power of forgiveness. And every single one of us in this room needs a revelation. Understand what you have been forgiven for your sin, not what you not others have done for you, to you, what you 've done to them. so if someone said to me, "So you love the man who abused you, my answer is, "My God does why don 't you ask him? My God loves him. why don 't you ask him so through that i 've understood the obedience of being the child of God that he wants me to be. Because the Bible says in Romans 8, the spirit of God will witness to your spirit that you are his child. You are his child. So God's told me today, or yesterday and the day before and a few other days before that, I, just wanna, I want you to be my ambassador and tell my children that I want every single one of them to trust in me, believe in me, and believe what I say is true. Because every man is a liar, and God is true, the Bible says. And if we understand the true meaning of salvation, if we understand the true doctrine of sin, then we will have a heart to evangelize, even if we're not, have got a gift as an evangelist. But every single person in this church, it's a new year. Let's have a new courageous, a new boldness. Let's be able to not be ashamed of the gospel. And let's get out there and start waking up England. And let's start being the hands and feet of Jesus and giving up our lives for his life. Going his way so we can point the way for us instead of us going our own way. Because you know what our own way does? its soul destroys everything, ourselves and our loved ones, and then it starts even destroying other people's lives and we become enemies of many. So now, if we can get an understanding to stand much the gospel means, then God will bring evangelists to equip the church to go out there speak with a loving heart of what Jesus Christ has done to them. He may not give them a microphone. He may not give them a platform because he knows that they're not called for that. You will know if you are called for it because there will be a burning desire in your heart. You know, I told my wife, if she made me do a talk at my own wedding, then I wouldn't marry her. And now, I don't stop flipping speaking. (laughs) but only because of what the Lord's done for me. At some point, every Christian has a family member, a friend, or someone they work with who does not know Christ. Sharing the gospel with others can be difficult. I understand that. I didn't think it were at first. I thought, well, everybody should be burning to share the gospel. But now I understand a lot of people are scared to share the gospel. Especially when it involves somebody you have emotional ties to. But the Bible tells us that some people will be offended by the gospel. Luke 12. However, we are commanded to share the gospel. And there is no excuses for not doing so. If we're not doing it, it's because we're refusing to. Because he will equip us, even if it's in the taxes. Or it's just sitting with that broken girl. Or that kid who's trying to break away from his gang because the drug abuse is giving him demonic sleeps and and, and giving him sweats at night or whatever it is. There's so much going off in a fallen world, you know. We don't have to put the news on to know that it's bad out there. We know, don't we? We don't have to go in the cities to see these kids all all lost on spice. You don't have to have a calling to keep going and preaching in rehabs and seeing the kids and their stage one of uh, detoxing. We can see it in in just the teenager who don't know who they are. To the man who's trying to be the perfect dad and struggling to be one got nothing in common with his kids. There's so much, so much pain and suffering and heaviness in this world. Even for the Christian, it ain't unkidore. But I encourage any of you, if the spirit of heaviness comes on you, you must put on the garment of praise. You must put on that garment of praise, or the devil just plays around with you. Matthew 28. Acts, one, and Peter, three. Tell us to go out and share the good news. So how can we evangelize to our family members, to our friends, to our co-workers? The most important thing we can do for anyone is pray for them. Pray that God will change their hearts and open their eyes to the truth of the gospel. 2 Corinthians four four. Pray that God will convince them of His love for them, and they need, and their need for a Savior through Christ, John three sixteen. Pray for wisdom as to how to best minister to them people, James one verse five. We must be willing and bold in our actions, sharing the gospel. Proclaim the message of salvation through Jesus Christ to your friends and family, and do it naturally and always with love and grace. Romans ten nine and ten. Always be prepared to speak of your faith. One Peter three fifteen. Do so gently. There is no substitute for personal for personally sharing the gospel. Faith comes from hearing the message and the message is only heard through the word about Christ, Romans 10, 7. If our hearts are like that young girl said, we will see the promises of God. If we decrease, he will increase 100%. We decided to open a a soup kitchen 10 years ago and just have passion for the lost. To proclaim the good news to the prisoner and to set the captured free and heal the broken hearts. And to this day, we still have the same thing. Passion to share God's love to other people. So many times I've had to do funeral services because I've lost them. So many times I've been able to baptise them. We're going to lose some and God's going to win some. In addition to praying and sharing our faith, we must also live godly Christian lives in front of our friends and family members so they can see the transformation God has made in us, 1 Peter 3. One and two. We can't keep getting bitter every time someone do not like us or trips us up. That's what the world does. And we don't follow the patterns of the world no more. You know, I, uh, guys, you, I know a lot you don't know us. But someone even kicked my daughter's door down six or seven months ago and beat her up and broke her wrist. At first, everything in me wanted to go and kill that kid. I know I could have stopped him in his tracks, stopped him being a bully for a few years, given the biggest good idea that he's ever had in his life, and it might have slowed him down for a little while, but that would have been my way. But God pointed me another way that day, you know. Do you know what he'd done? He told me to get in my car, go and get my daughter, bring her to my house, and love her. To love her. To bring the children to my house and give her some respite. To them out there, that's foolish. Because to his in here, it's wisdom. We will see the fruits for our labor, the Bible says. And not only will we see the fruits of our labor, the Bible says we can actually eat a few of them ourselves. You know, the farmer, when he harvests, he feeds his family as well with the stuff, then he distributes it to everybody else. Perks of the job, isn't it? But in all this, we must leave salvation to the one who knows. To the one with all authority on heaven and earth. To the one who come down because of our fallen nature. If you don't know what to say, tell him: Adam and Eve was in the garden. And the presence of God made in the image of God. Had everything in God. And he told them, they must eat of the tree of life. They still had temptations. They still had choices. God knew that. And so are we. But they were told not to eat of the tree of knowledge. And all us now have got knowledge of good and evil. And we think we're sometimes a bit better than what we think we are. And sometimes we think we're a lot worse than what we are. But if we really just look at him and give our lives to him, something happens. So thank God that he kicked Adam out of the garden. Because if Adam would have reached out to that tree of life, oh boy, we would spend eternity hiding from God. But lucky enough, he kicked him out. And then Jesus dealt with it. Jesus come and dealt with it and now we don't have to run around in shame Run around in our nakedness and our falseness and all our silly identities, what we've tried to find in the the world. We want to be known at the city gates, the Bible says. Be known at the city gates. You're known at the city gates as a man of God and a woman of God. Not because of how great you're being used, but how much you can trust in him. Do not lean on your own understanding but trust in the Lord. How long have I got there? Five minutes. The best way we can do this is always by prayer. Evangelism is all about love. The perfect love. The divine love. The love that God shown us throughout time. There has never been a moment when his love hasn't been present and there never will be. I don't know about you, but God's love makes me want to shout from the moment I wake up how amazing his love is and how he surrounds me. The invitation has changed my life and it's available for everyone. God come down not to condemn the world, but save the world, the Bible says. His love is for every lost soul but you have to receive that invitation. If there's no one in this church tonight that's a lost soul, that means every single one of you have accepted the invitation because you've heard the word of God. And if you realize just what you've been forgiven from, that your soul has protected from the demonic realms and you will go for eternity with him, if you die before he comes back. If you, if you don't, then I wish he'd come now. You know, and, and then we don't have to even do that. You know, let's have the new earth. But anyway, don't, don't go too deep. When he touches you really, you know, it's the reflection of his love. Evangelism is sharing the word of God with others. It's a great job. Evangelism is a calling on all Christians. However, it's more than a commandment. Evangelist is an honor, a joy, and a pleasure. It is also important to show God's love with our actions, because they shout a lot louder than our words. I'm a living example of God's grace. And my attitude towards others should impact their lives. You are an example of God's grace. Your life should impact others. Sometimes it seems that we enjoy talking more about the awesome mover and about the awesome God. It seems that we prefer to have a conversation about a good old drink and not about the living waters. Why do we spend more time talking about our worries than the way Jesus can help us? How can we remain silent about God's perfect love? Jesus tells us in the Bible that we are the salt and the light of the earth. It's because of us that others can come to the experience of God's perfect love. I pray that he will reach out and touch the lives of every single person in this church tonight. I don't want to be an inspirational speaker. I don't want this to just go, do you know what? That's uplifted me. Oh. Praise his holy name. Go home and go, do you know what? I needed that tonight. Well, let me tell you, you need it every day. Let God do new things in you. Let him press you and crush you and set you on fire. One thing bad lads like me had to do, if we wanted to be some when we was adults, I was to like to go to a lot of uh, children's, in, you know, young offenders and all that kind of stuff. You just call it detention. Them days they, they don't do it no more. But if we got an interest, they made us focus on nothing else but that interest. It wasn't healthy for us to change our minds. But if you was just the average day kid, it was unhealthy for you to focus on one thing. You're allowed to change your mind throughout your teenage years over and over again. If you wanted to be a fireman yesterday and be in the army today and then be in the police force tomorrow, there's nothing wrong with it. But now we're children of God. We know that Satan is not healthy for us. And we must be focused on the living God. We must be focused on Jesus always. And when you focus on Jesus always, you have a little dance, you know, in the kitchen when no one's looking. And you sing hymns and songs and sweet melodies to yourself and to others. And then all of a sudden, you'll tell other people about Jesus. The end. We can't change the hearts of people But God promises to do that. That miracle doesn't belong to us. However, we can do what's in our hearts by sharing God's perfect love with others and letting that love be shown in our behavior. So guys, thank you for allowing me to encourage and share with you the start of the new year. But if you're starting a new year wanting to share the love of God, don't give up in March. And then you see the difference not only in your life, but people that surround you. Amen? Amen. God bless you.